We should like go and like hang out with Todd. <laughs> Whoa, it's Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Todd's even cooler than we thought. <laughs> Boys, I'm looking for a fella who goes by the name of Todd. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> He's cool. <laughs> Todd would make like a good manager or something. Welcome to another episode of the 206 Geek Podcast with your host Todd, the 206 Geek. Yes, I am your host Todd, the 206 Geek, and this is episode 153, 153, 153 episodes, and I'm still doing this, um, well, since this last, when I rebooted the podcast a couple years ago, I've been doing this podcast since 2013 folks. Um, and I know you're thinking, where are those episodes? Well, they're sitting on my computer. I think most of them are. I don't think I have all of them anymore because um, that is the old version of the show and I don't have any communication with the others that were involved with that. So I'm not posting those right away or anytime soon, uh, but I have them. If you'd be interested in listening to those, I mean, they have been available. They're not currently available anywhere. But if you are interested, I might consider making them available again uh, behind the pot paywall. So, you know, get access to the archive, including all the classic episodes. I might just do that uh, if people are interested. Uh, if you are interested, um, then all you got to do is go to support.206geek.com to become a subscriber. If you want me to post all the classic episodes or the ones I have available still, um, shoot me an email, todd at 206geek.com. Hey, Todd, I'd love to hear the old episodes. I'll become a subscriber if you put those up and make those available um, for subscribers. I, I might just do that if people want it. So, um, Some of the things I'm going to talk about today um, I have a story here about uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, I have some more Marvel news. We have some Star Wars, Transformers, and um, just some other things. I have, I got some things. Oh, the first thing I'm going to talk about is apparently there was a live-action uh, Rick and Morty promo that included Christopher Lloyd as Rick. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I, when I first heard of Rick and Morty, I thought it was going to be like a complete ripoff of Back to the Future. I mean, it's there's some there's some definite uh, um, inspirations taken from, I think, Back to the Future, but it's a completely different story. So the fact that they got uh, Christopher Lloyd, who played Doc Brown in the uh, Back to the Future movies and the video game, um, to play Rick... Sanchez, I think is his last name, is amazing. I haven't watched it yet, so I figured I would do a uh, reaction. And I'll talk about what they have to say over on comicbook.com about it. So this is what it says here. Uh, Rick and Morty reveal live-action Christopher Lloyd promo. Uh, Rick and Morty revealed a brand-new teaser for a live-action version of the duo featuring... Christopher Lloyd, the beloved actor who plays mad scientist, uh, 
plays the mad scientist he inspired with his Doc Brown character from Back to the Future, which I just said. Uh, Adult Swim actually calls this the Rick and Morty from the C-132 universe. Jaden Lieber, uh, Lieberher, uh, plays the portal-hopping adventurer's grandson. I think I mispronounced that, so if I did, I apologize. I tried. I tried. Um, not a lot is known about the final uh, about the final to this season of Rick and Morty. The network and creative team have kept so much of it under wraps. Could this be a tease of what's coming next? Who even knows with Adult Swim? Anything is truly possible. It would be amazing to see a live-action Rick and Morty adventure, even if it was only for a week. Getting Lloyd as a version of Rick Sanchez is an added bonus that will have the entire fan base talking in short order. All right, so let me see if I can get this sound up over here. Make sure all can be heard. All right. I'll hit play. This is off of Twitter. You can go to you can go to Adult Swim's Twitter account and see this for yourself. <laughs> okay, I need to play that again. <laughs> Morty, we're home. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, I recognize the kid who plays Morty. Uh, he is the the one of the kids from uh, Raven's home, and uh, yeah, I think that's him. It looks like him anyway. This is what else it says here on the article. Uh, it says here in talking to the Phoenix T New Times, Lloyd is uh, previously said that he would love to be on the Adult Swim smash hit. I don't follow it closely, he says, but I've seen a few episodes, and i got to tell you, I think it's a lot of fun. I know it's some kind of parody of Doc and Marty, he laughed, before saying that he'd be open to appear in some capacity. I'd like to, of course, think it's... Uh, I'd like to, of course, I think it's really fun. I think it's a very positive film, uh, Lloyd said, of Back to the Future. A lot of people, especially at events, have told me Back to the Future helped them survive whatever issues they dealt with in their adolescence or before that. Back to the Future helped lift their spirits and be more optimistic. I think that it's a big thing, and I'm so glad to be a part of something that helped people cope with cope and get through their hardships. You know, that's really cool. Really is. Um, wow. This, 
this is this is how Adult Swim describes Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty is the Emmy award-winning half-hour animated hit comedy series on Adult Swim that follows a sophisticated. Uh, excuse me. Let me reread that. A psychopathic genius. Not yeah. Completely read that wrong. Good thing I have new glasses coming. Um, psychopathic genius, genius scientist who drags his in, inherently timid grandson on insane, dangerous adventures across the universe. Rick Sanchez is living with his grand, uh, his daughter Beth's family, and constantly bring, bringing her, his son-in-law Jerry, granddaughter Summer, and grandson Morty into intergalactic escapades. And then it says, would you like to see a live-action episode of Rick and Morty? Let us know. Yeah, I actually know what. What do you guys think? Do you think that there should be more than an episode, or is, or is one episode going to be good enough for you guys? Let me know. You can shoot me an email, todd at 206geek.com. Uh, you can also hit me up on Facebook and Twitter at 206geek. Just, you know, uh, comment on, uh, you know, the, the episodes are posted on uh, Facebook. So when you see the, uh, the posting for the episode that you're listening to, go ahead and comment on that uh, post if you think that there should be uh, a live-action Rick and Morty starring Christopher Lloyd as Rick Sanchez. Personally, I would love to see more than just an episode. But that's me. I would, I, I would, I would love for it to be a movie, but you know what? Um, beggars can't be choosers, so I'll take what I can get. All right. So today is today is Friday, uh, uh, September third, twenty twenty one. It's gonna be about a week and a half. Was it a week and a half? Two weeks? Something like that. I'm trying to get my calendar to come up here. Um, it will be two weeks from next Wednesday. Or wait, excuse me. Two weeks from next Tuesday. Uh, yeah, next Tuesday. Two weeks from next Tuesday will be my 50th birthday. And uh, at the end of the month... Um, I'm going to Southern California with my, my sister, Heidi. She's, she's treating me to Disneyland and Universal Studios for my 50th birthday. Uh, she figures, you know, it's, it's, it's a milestone birthday. You have to do it right. So she offered to take me to Disneyland and then later said, Hey, you want to go to Universal as well? And I'm like, yeah, you know, and, and, uh, so I'm going to be spending three days, in, uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it's three, three or four days, the, the, the last week in the September, either way, in, in Southern California. I'm really excited. I've never been to either of those places, but I've, uh, been daydreaming and, you know, wanting to go to Universal since I was a teenager. I've wanted to go for a very long time. And, um, I've never been a huge Disney like I, I've never like had any desire to go to the, the parks and and see Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse and 
you know, all the, the Disney characters you see walking around the park until they opened the Galaxy's Edge. And then I'm like, oh, dude, I have to see this. I have to see the Millennium Falcon in person. I have to. It's like my absolute favorite Star Wars spaceship next to, you know, actually, no, I think I think that actually tops all of them. But I have to admit, um, my second favorite is, is uh, Boba Fett's ship. Um, I think I mentioned a couple episodes ago that that ship got a new name, but growing up it was called Slave One, and that was the ship from like uh, Empire Strikes Back and and uh, and uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, the the uh, the second two of the original trilogy, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to go. I've been like. I've been stalking Universal Studios in, in Disneyland on Google Maps uh, for the past few months, just kind of like seeing if there's uh, updated imagery of both parks so I can see what to expect. And uh, I'm really excited. I'm hoping, I'm crossing my fingers. I, I think we're going to be spending a lot of time at both parks, but I'm hoping to see some other things while I'm in Southern California too. Like one of the things I definitely want to see is I want to see the Brady Bunch house. And I know that's an actual house uh, that's on an actual street in um, Universal City. And uh, I'm hoping that we can drive past it on our way to Universal Studios. Um, so that's, I don't know, a lot of people are probably thinking, the Brady Bunch house? You gotta understand, I was, when I was a kid, the Brady Bunch was like the uh, popular show. And... Uh, so for me to see that house, even even uh, more so is that in the last couple of years, the house was bought by HGTV. I think it's what, it, H, is it HG or HD? Either way, the, the Home and Garden Channel. And uh, they did a, a reality show where they uh, converted the inside of the house to look like the, the way the house looked on the show. Because the real-life house was just uh, used for exter ex external shots. Um, the inside of the house was completely different. So they remodeled the inside of the house to represent how it looked in the, uh, in the TV series. So I'm hoping I can see that as well. I mean, at the very least, I want to drive past it. I don't know if that's something you can go inside of. Uh, I don't think there's like a tour you can go to see the actual house. That'd be cool if I could, though. Um, other places that I would love to see while I'm down there, which I probably won't because of just time. I'm only going to be there for a couple days, two or three days tops. And, uh, I may not have time. And I know traffic in Southern California is, is worse than Seattle. And, uh, so, I mean, it would be cool if I could get, go over to like, uh, Warner Brothers and see like the Batmobiles and stuff. Oh my God. That'd be amazing. Um, Sony Pictures would be cool to go to to see uh, Ghost Corp, which is uh, the company that owns uh, Ghostbusters, and they have both um, Ghostbusters cars there from the original movies and the 2016 Answer the Call um, version of the movie. They're both there, and then they also have uh, an exterior of of the of the 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 firehouse there as well. I've reached out to um, Sony Pictures to see if they had like a tour 
through Facebook, and I never got a response. So I don't know if that's going to be a thing. But I would like that'd be that's something maybe next time I go to Southern California. Um, but uh, I would love to see a lot of like filming locations. Uh, last time I was in Southern California, I went to uh, um, the Chinese Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. I think it is where they have all the footprints and stuff. So I got to see Darth Vader, C-3PO, and R2-D2's footprints. And uh, saw Bruce Lee's footprints. And who else? I think Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, but, yeah, I, I would I would love to, like, go and do, like, the, the full, like, touristy shit down there. That'd be amazing. Um, so, all right, enough of that, Todd. Let's go on to the next story here. Um, so I wouldn't actually, I'll, I'll say this before I read the next story. This is, this will tie into the next story. I went and saw Shang, uh, Shang-Chi today, the new, uh, MCU movie. And if you like, if you like, uh, martial arts films, you're going to like this. There's, it's lots of great fight sequences, some interesting, interesting storytelling and some fantastic special effects. Um, so, let's see here, there it is, just want to make sure I know what I'm doing here, alright, so, uh, before I go any further with the story, if you haven't seen the movie, spoiler alert, I'm going to be talking about specific characters in the movie, so if you haven't seen the movie, now's your chance to hit pause, go see the movie, Come back and finish listening to this episode. All right. Now that I've warned you, I'm going to start talking about Shang-Chi. And it says, Shang-Chi producer explains why. Okay. Wong shows up instead of Doctor Strange. I was thinking about that too. Because it's it's at the very end of the movie, mind you. Actually, no. He shows up earlier in the movie too. But he comes back at the end. Um, So... This is what it says here. Even after he fought Abomination, Tim Roth, inside the octagon, Wong, played by Benedict Wong. Really? Is it, his first name is Benedict as well? So, two Benedicts in, in Doctor Strange. Benedict Cumberbatch and Dem- Benedict Wong. Maybe he picked Benedict as a, an English name. I don't know. Either way, I didn't realize his name was Benedict. So, sorry, got distracted there. He, uh, Wong returned for some more action in Shang-Chi and the, and the Legend of the Ten Rings. The actor appeared in a couple of bits throughout the movie, including a post credit scene that drove headfirst into Marvel's uh, world of magic. I didn't see that, so I'm probably going to have to go see the movie again or f- see if I can find the post credit scene someplace online. Um... Because of the seriousness involved with the plot, some fans have been asking why Wong was involved in the integral sequence instead of the Sorcerer Supreme, Doctor Strange, played by Benedict Cumberbatch. And then it says here, light spoilers up ahead for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Except for they just, you know, had spoilers as far as, like, the character who shows up in the movie. All right, proceed with caution if you've yet to see the movie. I'm hoping you've already seen the movie if you've gotten this far, uh, because I already gave you a warning. 
Uh, comicbook.com's Brendan Davis recently caught up with Shang-Chi producer Jonathan Schwartz, who uh, revealed there was nothing more to the decision other than they really liked working with Wong throughout the production. Quote, I think we're... I think we all just got excited about the idea of Wong. People love Wong. We love Wong, Schwartz said. Uh, uh, quote, Benny Wong's the greatest, and we're very happy with it. So we ran with the Wong of it all. We love it. In a separate interview, Schwartz also confirmed that Tim Roth returned to do what little voice work was needed for Abomination. Roth did some vocalization for us. He certainly was part of the pro of that pro progress, producer Jonathan Schwartz told the Direct. Uh, quote, there will be more of Abomination to come, so more of that story will be told with regards to Shang-Chi it sort of came down to who would be the coolest character for this moment. Who do we want to see in that ring? And when understanding who would uh, make sense for whatever ongoing stories they have going on out there in the big universe. And yeah, okay, that's the end of that. Well, hey guys, if you haven't seen, well, I'm hoping you have at this point, but uh, uh, I don't know, man. I really enjoyed the movie. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'll probably go see it again just to watch the end credits. Um, it was, it was a good movie. It really was. Lots of really cool fight sequences. Lots of cool chase scenes. There's a fight sequence at the beginning of the movie that was, it was uh, kind of a, a surprise because. In the beginning, you don't really know that, uh, as he's known in the movie at the, at the beginning, is Sean. We don't know that he's a martial arts master. We just know that he he is a valet for a, uh, I think it was a restaurant with Aquafina, and uh, Aquafina is great in this movie too. By the way, this is like I think this is the second second movie in the last year that I've seen her in that involves dragons too. By the way, um, so. It was cool to see her in this. She's fantastic in it. I actually started to really like her as an actor. Uh, if you haven't seen her in Crazy Rich Asians, that's also a very good movie. But uh, she was she was the voice of the dragon in uh, that movie Raya. Um, I think it was called Raya. Either way, that 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 I think it's a. I want to say it's a Pixar film. The you know the one with the dragons and stuff. Good one. Um, so, all right. So next story. Todd, let's talk about the next story. The next story also invo involves Marvel, but we're talking about uh, Marvel's What If. Have you guys been watching What If? What do you guys think of it? Let me know. Shoot me an email, todd at 206geek.com, or you can also um, leave a comment on, uh, on shoot, me, shoot me a message through Twitter. That's probably the best way to do it. You know, hit, hit uh, at 206geek, at you know, talking about What If. Hashtag what if. Um, uh, it says here, what What do you guys, actually what I was thinking was, what do you guys think of what if? 
Do you like it so far? This last episode was weird. Was Doctor Strange, um, and the one before that was also. They're all very weird, but uh, the last two were ones where I was like, I don't really get why they did it this way, but okay. Um, uh, the, the one with uh, this last one was Doctor Strange, and the one before that was um, um, all the Avengers being killed off before they become Avengers. That was a good one. Uh, so this article here uh, is uh, Marvel's What If. Here's why some characters look like the act their actors and why some don't. Um, I suspect, before I read this, I suspect that it probably has something to do with the fact that some of the actors um, that voice the characters aren't the actors that played the characters in the movies. But that's my guess. So let's read the story and see what it says here. As fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe have come to see through four episodes of What If, sometimes the show shows animated characters look like their live-action counterparts, while other times they look like completely new characters. Furthermore, some live-action actors didn't return to voice their characters in uh, the latest Marvel Studios show, even though their characters still look like them. Take Black Widow and Steve Rogers as two examples. Black Widow is voiced by Lake Bell, in the third episode of the show, and looks nothing like Belle or the longtime MCU star Scarlett Johansson. Rogers is voiced uh, by someone new. Uh, jo- Spider-Man voice actor Josh Keaton. Yeah, Josh Keaton's been around a long time as a voice actor, but I don't think he's. Um, well, he's been he's played Spider-Man. He's also done some, some stuff for. Uh, for uh, for DC as well as uh, Transformers and a bunch of other things. Uh, in the show's first episode, even Old Rogers still bears a resemblance to Captain America star Chris Evans. As you might expect, it all comes down to likeness laws and legal legal uh, legality. What if production designer Paul? Uh, Last Lane tells comicbook.com the show tried keeping the animated characters uh, looking like their live-action counterparts until Disney's legal team would step in. Quote, I can lie and tell you that stuff is on purpose, or I can tell you the truth and tell uh, tell you that usually those things are legal issues, as he tells us. Uh, he adds, there are characters who are allowed to take their likenesses because it's not just a character's likeness, it's the, an actor. It's a human being's likeness. And there are legalities. I don't even know how far up the chain that goes, but there's definitely some characters we are told, now nah, you can't have their likeness. You got to go back. You got to back off a little bit. Some uh, we were told you need to make them look more like it. I'm curious as to who who. Um, well, I mean, I suppose I should go back and rewatch and figure out which ones don't. I think one of them is um, 
is uh, uh, what is the character that played by Dave Bautista in Guardians? That guy, because in in the animated episode with with his character, he looked nothing like Dave Bautista. Yet Doctor Strange looked exactly like Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, mostly like Benedict Cumberbatch. I mean, it's I think it's it's an it's an exaggerated animation version of him, but it looks like him. The first four episodes of Marvel's What If are now streaming on Disney Plus. What? What if storylines? What what if storylines do you hope to see in the series? I you know what? I don't know of all the the what if storylines, so I'm I'm just taking them as they come, and I'm watching them as they appear. Um, whether or not I'll like it, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. I mean, um, what do you guys think? What do you what are you looking forward to seeing? Hit me up over on Twitter at 206geek.com. Let me know what you want to see on What If. Marvel's What If. All right, so next story. Oh, my God, excuse me. I apologize. Wow, that came out of nowhere. Actually, it came out of my stomach. But, you know, you know what I mean, right? 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 (laughs) Yeah. All right, let's see here. Next story is Star Wars featurette highlights all of the cameos you might have missed. Throughout much of the Star Wars saga, a tight lid was kept on production and all of, and all of creator George Lucas's plans. But by the time Disney started releasing films, fan excitement was at its peak which resulted in filmmakers finding ways to include cameos from a variety of notable figures. While musicians like Ed Sheeran and uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda were able to get involved in the sequels, longtime figures in the franchise like Mark Hamill and Anthony Daniels also found ways to appear without reprising their iconic roles. In uh, With Disney Plus releasing the above featurette, Highlighting many of the cameos in the franchise you might have missed. The feature is described, uh, quote, Each Star Wars moment on screen is full of wonder and magical storytelling, but you may not have recognized some of the actors in those scenes. Here we count down some of the amazing blink-and-you-miss-it cameos across the Star Wars galaxy. All of... All of these and more are now streaming on Disney+. Plus. The cameos in this feature aren't the only unexpected appearances from well-known figures, as performers like Daniel Craig, Carl Urban, and Tom Hardy have also earned cameos, in addition to Prince Harry and William also being able to take part in productions. Following his time in the original trilogy, Hamill would go on to deliver a number of vocal performances for various projects he is uh he as he honed his craft as a voice actor voiceover artist thanks to these skills hamill has delivered voice voices for multiple characters not only for films 
but for the Mandalorian, however, it was uh, surely his actual cameo in the season two finale that the series has uh, of that series that has become one of the most beloved appearances from the actor that fans didn't uh, see coming. Says Hamill's return to the galaxy far, far away was shrouded in so much secrecy the actor didn't even discuss it for more than a year. Luckily, last month saw the debut of Disney's gallery Star Wars The Mandalorian making of the season two finale, which chronicled Hamill's journey from being enlisted into the project to how he was de-aged to appear more closely to how he looked in the years after Star Wars Return of the Jedi. The entire Star Wars saga, as well as Solo, a Star Wars story, and Rogue One, a Star Wars story, are available on Disney+. Plus. So I can tell you that I recognized um, Mark Hamill's voice in The Rise of Skywalker before we saw him as Luke. Um... If you saw the movie and you, at the beginning where they're they're delivering uh, sensitive information, and uh, I think Finn says something to the guy who he hands the the, the 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 parcel to, and he goes, "Just win the war." That was Luke. That was well. That was Mark Hamill, aka Luke Skywalker. I recognized because I've I've heard him do lots of voiceover stuff over the years. And I kind of pick up on whenever Mark Hamill is doing a voice character for any project because I just know his voice. Um, I'm a bit of a voiceover nerd. So I'm, I may have to go watch that now. Uh, there, actually, there is a clip here. Um, but I suspect you want to see it on, on Disney+. Plus. So let me, let me turn the volume up on the computer. I'll hit play. Oh, that was Anthony Daniels. Okay. Ed Sheeran is number nine. And he was like this fish-looking thing. Simon Pegg. Yes, I knew that one. That's in The Force Awakens. Yeah, that was... Joseph Gordon Lovett. That was Joseph Gordon Lovett. Okay. John Williams. Oh, I remember this. He's the guy behind the bar. Yeah. The Rise of Skywalker. I'm at best. Oh, the guy who did, uh, hold up. So the guy, the guy who was the voice and the, uh, did the motion capture for, for, uh, Jar Jar Binks was in the bar when Anakin Skywalker went looking for the, the, the bounty hunter. Okay. I didn't know that. Well, I, I don't know if I've ever seen Ahmed Best with, without, like, Jar Jar Binks attached to him.
He was in a, that was an attack of the clones. Okay. Number four is Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill is the voice of of the little alien that was trying to use BB-8 as a uh, as a, as a slot machine. <laughs> Kira Knightley. Yeah, I knew that. She she was the decoy for for uh, Padme. Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh, look at that. Okay, Rise of Skywalker. George Lucas. Oh, okay. Some of the prequels. Cool. That is really cool. Actually, I you guys need to actually see this because it shows you the scenes that they're in and the characters they're playing because a lot of them are wearing prosthetics and you can't see their face. That was, you know, a lot cooler than I was expecting. So, all right, next story I have here is, and, I, and I'm only bringing this up because I, I was on Spotify yesterday and it came up as a, a check this out kind of thing. Not that I listen to a lot of their music, because I don't. I mean, I don't dislike them, but I'm not like going out of my way. It says here, over on lrmonline.com, it says, Yas Queen, ABBA is back with a new album called Voyage and a concert. So this is what it says here. The band ABBA have returned to the recording studio after almost 40 years and will be in concert in London on May 27th, 2022. Known for their hits Dancing Queen, Mamma Mia, and Fernando, this Swedish band have been away for quite a while and are now in their 70s. It's good to see them back together. My father-in-law, an ABBA fan, will be happy, but I believe my husband eye-rolled so hard he lost the ability to see for a minute. <laughs> ABBA's new album, called Voyage, will be released on November 5th. They also have already released two songs, which I heard on, on, uh, on Spotify. Uh, this first song is called I Still Have Faith in You, and the second song is Don't Shut Me Down. The last project they released together was a single Under Attack back in December of 1982. ABBA members uh, Annie Frid Leinstad Angen Oh jeez, these are all Swedish names. I'm, I'm probably going to butcher the shit out of them. Uh, Angnetha Yeah, I can't even pronounce that last. I don't even know how to I don't know how to pronounce that the letter A with umlauts on top of it. Uh, Faltskog, Bjorn uh, Alveus, and Benny Anderson. Addersen, son, will, per will be performing with avatars. As, uh, with avatars. 
Also, they're going to have like um, like the avatars. I'm uh, I'm assuming that means it's going to be like a like a 3D projection, kind of like they did with uh, Michael Jackson and and uh, and uh, Tupac. Okay. They will also have a 10-piece live band. The concert ABBA Voyage will be at the ABBA Arena located at Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park. You can register for pre-sale of the concert tickets or pre-order the album on abbavoyage.com. General sale of the tickets will start on September 7th. The band made a statement yesterday. It's been a while since we made music together, almost 40 years. Actually, we took a break in the spring of 1982, and now we're, we've decided it's time to end it. They, uh, they say it's foolhardy to wait, to wait more than 40 years between albums. So we've recorded a follow-up to 1981's The Visitors to tell the truth. Um, the main inspiration to record again comes from our involvement in creating the strangest and most spectacular concert you could ever dream of. We're going to be able to sit back in an audience and watch our digital selves perform our songs on a stage in a custom-built arena in London next spring. Weird and wonderful. To all of you who patiently have followed us in some way or another these past decades, thank you for waiting. It's time for a new journey to begin. We simply call it Voyage, and we're truly sailing in, unchar in uncharted waters with the help of our younger selves. We, traveled into, we travel into the future it's not easy to explain, but then it hasn't been done before. And there's a video here. Let's see. Turn the volume up a little bit on the computer. This is, uh, I still have faith in you is the title of this, this song. It looks like it's, um... Is this like archive footage? Yeah, it's like archive footage. I see it now all these years that made me so Yeah, I think it's enough. I don't want to play the whole song for you guys. So, plus, you know, if if, if this episode ever appears on some other uh, platform that, like, flags stuff for playing audio from a song, I don't want to get dinged for it, so. You, just, you can go ahead and just search for ABBA New Music on YouTube. I'm sure you'll find it. Alright, so next story. We have two more stories to go and we're like 15 minutes away to the end here. So the next story is on comicbook.com. 
So apparently, for those of you that are like Star, uh, Star Wars, I've already talked to Star Wars. For those of you that are Transformers fans, and you're also someone who likes RPGs, like pen and, pen and paper RPGs. Apparently, Transformers role-playing game has been announced. You probably already know this if you're into those kinds of games. I didn't know because I don't generally play these kinds of games. This is what it says here on comicbook.com. Players will be able to transform into their own Autobot this upcoming in the upcoming Transformers role-playing game. The upcoming tabletop role-playing game will be published by Renegade Game Studios and is scheduled for a March 2022 release. The core rulebook will contain complete rules on how to play, including character creation tools, weapons, equipment, vehicles, and villain and villain dossier. Uh, combat and exploration information and details on secret bases and special equipment. There will also be an introduction adventure for first-level characters in the rulebook to help get players acquainted with the rules of the game. Renegade also has plans to produce several other tie-in products for the role, uh, Transformers role-playing game, including a follow-up adventure titled A Beacon of Hope, as well as a as as well as custom dice, a GM screen, and a dice bag. The Transformers franchise has enjoyed a strong year with the release of the final War for Cybertron Netflix animated series that brought back the Maximals and Predacons into Transformers continuity. Two additional Transformer movies, which include a new movie featuring the Beast Wars characters and a sequel to Bumblebee are both scheduled for release next year. The Transformers role-playing game will use the the Essence 20 system which uses a two dice check system. Players will always roll a d20 when making a check along with a second dice determined determined by a player's proficiency in cert in a certain skill. The interesting twist of the system is that rolling the high number on either dice counts as a critical success. This means that someone who uses a D2, a coin flip, has a 50-50 chance of landing a critical success anytime they make a check. Okay, so apparently what I said something along that paragraph that caused Samuel on my Echo device um, to chime in. So I don't know if you guys heard that or not. Probably. Wow. All right. If you don't have Samuel L. Jackson um, for your for your Alexa device, I recommend it. It's only a dollar, and you can ask him anything, and he'll give you answers. It's awesome. Hey, Samuel, tell me a joke. Why did the store stop selling boomerangs? Two-man returns. Oh, 
I didn't say they were good jokes. <laughs> All right. Um, it says, this last paragraph says, uh, Renegade Game Studios has plans to release three games using the Essence 20 system, all of which are based on various Hasbro properties. Renegade also is also developing role-playing games based on Power Rangers and G.I. Joe. Renegade has also released several new games based on three Hasbro franchises, including a deck-building game, including deck-building games. The Power Rangers Heroes of the Gold board game is one of uh, Renegade's top sellers. The Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid board game. Heroes of the Grid is the name of the... Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid. Okay. Sorry, I had to read that several times to make sure I was reading it correctly. All right. And the last story I have here, um, I and I and I picked this up out of out of my uh, my feedly list because I saw the name Tika Waititi and what I thought was uh, Reservoir Dogs. I was like, there's a Reservoir Dogs series, but I reread it a couple different times because I was like, okay, that's not Reservoir. What it says is um, Tika Waititi has a series on FX called Reservation Dogs. And Reservation Dogs has been renewed for a second season. I don't know anything about this series, so I'm going to have to look it up once I'm done recording and give it and give it a watch. Because if it has anything to do with uh, you know, Tika Waititi, I'm sure it's going to be good. Because I like him in pretty much everything I've seen. That he's been involved with, like I just started rewatching the 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 uh, much hated Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds, and I did not remember that his best friend was played by Tika Waititi. So I need to finish watching that again too. Uh, so this is what it says here: with just five episodes under its belt already, FX has given a second season renewal for Reservation Dogs. The hit new comedy series from co-creators and executive producer uh, Sterling Har- Harjo and Tika Watiti. In, in a press release, uh, Nick Grad, president uh, original programming FX, confirmed the news, revealing that the second season of the series will debut in 2022 exclusively on FX on Hulu. The first season of Reservation Dogs has a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes after three, after 33 critical reviews and has landed a coveted and rare for a TV show certified fresh marker. The season 1 finale is scheduled to premiere on September 20th. So I need, I need to get caught up on this show. I haven't watched it so I got to maybe I'll just go watch that instead of Green Lantern again. Quote, we, we couldn't wait to share Reservation Dogs with the viewers and, and are thrilled that they seem to love it as much as we do. We're happy to put in an early order for another season, Grand, uh, Grad said in a statement. Uh, Sterling Harjo, 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 H-R-J-O is the last name, and I, I don't know if I'm 
pronouncing it correctly, delivered his creative vision, partnering with Tika Waititi and the rest of the creative team, the brilliant cast and crew, to create one of TV's best new comedies and groundbreaking showcase of uh, of representing and raw talent. Okay, it says Reservation Dogs was filmed on location in uh, Oak Mulgee, Oklahoma, and marks a breakthrough for indigenous representation in front of the camera and behind the scenes on TV. According to a press release from the network, every writer, director in the series and series regular on the show are. Uh, on the show is indigenous. The first of its kind creative team tells a story that resonates with them and their uh, and their lived experiences, and invites audiences into a surprisingly familiar and funny world. An an official description of the of the series reads. Uh, Bear Small Hill is a uh, is a destined is destined to be a warrior and a leader. The only problem is he's not a good fighter, and the gang doesn't really consider him the leader. But with the guidance of a questionable spirit guide, he just might get there. Elora Dannon may be tr the true leader of the group, but she's so focused on getting to California and so obvious and so obvious to her own power that she uh, often can't see the beauty and, and goodness in herself and all and all around her. Smart mouth, tough girl, Willie Jack is the beating heart of the group. She's always looking for out for her crew. Meanwhile, Cheese is the, the gentle, quiet, ride or die who is so willing to go along with the group that he never stops to consider what his own dreams might be. This actually sounds like it might be a cool show. I'm definitely going to have to check it out once I'm done recording here. So, the fact that it has a second season shouldn't be um, surprising if it's as good as it says here. I guess it, it's brand new because I, I, don't, I don't watch um, FX, so maybe that's why I didn't hear anything about it. So, I need to go on to Hulu and see if I can watch it. Watch season one. All right, folks, that is it for today. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of, of uh, The 206 Geek. I have been your host, Todd, The 206 Geek. And um, if you like the podcast and you want to support the podcast, please consider becoming a, a, uh, uh, a supporter of the podcast by going to support.206geek.com and subscribing, becoming a subscriber. That's the word I was looking for. A subscriber. Become a subscriber. 
and get access to all the old episodes if you haven't already listened to them and you want to hear all the old episodes that I have in there and any bonus episodes that I might record. So go ahead and go to support.206geek.com and uh, it'd be great if you did that. Um, if you don't want to do that or can't afford to do that, the next best thing is to go to rate, R-A-T-E, .206geek.com and give the podcast a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcast and on Podchaser. That would be even better, I think, if you did that. Because the more people that do reviews of the podcast, the, the more visible the podcast becomes, the more listeners I get. And, you know, the podcast grows, and then I can, you know... You know, that, that's really what I, I want to grow my podcast. So, all right. Thanks again. And I will talk to you guys next time. And one last thing before I go, if you haven't already subscribed to my other show, please go to notaboutupod.com. That's the letter U, not the word U, notaboutupod.com and subscribe to that show as well. Um, you can, if, uh, or you can just go onto your podcasting app and search for hashtag notaboutupod, and it'll bring it right up. And uh, thanks again. You guys have a fantastic weekend, and I'll talk to you guys next week.